0: Welcome to Campfire Football. I'm Sebastian North. This is episode 78. This is the Ida Sports interview. So I'm very, very excited to be able to bring this one. This episode was a lot of fun for me, inspiring as well. I sat down with Ben Sandu, who is the co-founder of Ida Sports. His other co-founder is Laura Youngson, who I have talked about before. She is part of the Equal Playing Field Initiative that set the records up on Mount Kilimanjaro for the highest altitude match, lowest altitude match down in the Dead Sea. So there's amazing people involved here. Speaking with Ben was an absolute pleasure just to get his perspective on what it's like to build this company from the ground up, what they're planning, what they're doing, and the meaning that he hopes it to have for women's football. Enjoy. Welcome to Campfire Football, Ben, ben Sandu, is that, that, did I pronounce it correctly? Terrific. You are the co-founder of Ida Sports, along with Laura Youngson, and I just wanted to say, I'm, I'm, it's an honor to have someone on the show who is doing something so important to me, uh, for, from my perspective as a coach, you guys have created a really cool company, um, so before we talk fully about what it is you've done, I kind of want to go back. To 2017. This is the Guinness Book of World Records game at the highest altitude on Mount Kilimanjaro. Is this the genesis of Ida Sports? You were there, or, or do we need to go back further? And yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself and the, how you got into that.
1: Yeah. So it's funny. I think, um, you know, at, at that time, I mean, Laura, my co founder, um, she, it's, and it's funny having sort of worked with her since. Um, one thing you learn about Laura and everyone that knows her, is she's just sort of, she's quietly determined. And so the way she tells the story is, that you know, this idea came to her to, to make a bit of noise, to draw attention to some of the issues for women and girls in, in soccer. Um, and, with, yeah, it was just sitting on the couch one day lamenting the fact that, like, these, these issues sort of exist. And decide I'm going to go climb a mountain and set a Guinness World Record and, and get a whole bunch of attention for it. Um, so that's what she did. Um, you know, it's pretty well documented now. Um, there's a TED talk about it and and all the issues that they faced. Um, and interestingly enough for, for me, um, so I was living in Melbourne at the time and uh, I, I didn't make it to that first um, Kilimanjaro trip, but Laura and I met each other maybe a couple of months after that and um, we started playing indoor soccer together and she was telling me about this trip and these athletes from around the world she just come back um in, you know, should met and, and come back from with all these stories and I just thought well this is a woman I need to spend more time with first of all um and she was telling me about this like this idea that she had for a startup um when she was on the trip like she's always had to wear kids cleats when she plays. and um, when she was, she thought it was just her and then she started talking to all these women from around the world and she found out that, no, it's she's not alone and that women all over the world have been wearing kids' cleats or men's cleats. So Laura and I are playing indoor soccer. I had a background. I did you know, a business degree in London. I, I used to play semi-professional cricket. Um, so I've always loved sport and I've always just been really interested in the idea of like, you know, making positive change like through business. Um, And so when Laura's telling me about this idea, I was just like, this is the idea I've been waiting for, I think. And so, yeah, we we jumped in uh, in January of 2018 was when we had this coffee and I was like, right, I'm in. I don't know anything about footwear, but I'm here to help. Um, And it was exactly two years later in January of last year that, we were looking at the first production run of our um of our cleat. So I don't know if I've given the game away there if I said too much, but um yeah, the 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 women's specific soccer cleat that we created, um, you know, it was two years of, of solid development. Um, but it was kind of poetic that exactly two years to the day was when when we when it happened and when we were looking at it. So
0: I mean that's that's gotta be pretty interesting. You're just I mean, I I I've I've done plenty of indoor soccer, you know, just you're with other grown-ups around you. You don't really know what they do for a job or what you don't know much about them if they're strangers. You get to know them a little bit. And I can only imagine what I would think if one of the people lacing up their boots next to me is telling me, Yeah, you know, just sit a Guinness Book of World Records by playing a match with uh 60 women on top of Mount Kilimanjaro. I mean, that would ta- that would get your attention. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And and I mean, Laura, it's 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 been the like privilege of my working career to to work alongside her in this, um, and just to see as a male co-founder um, when you're looking at something that is you know women specific, it, it's it's eye opening honestly. Like um, because you know I think for for a lot of men out there they might not have believed that was a problem, and I've I've witnessed that in this industry. Um, you know, to to my credit, I I, I heard that it was like that's really interesting to me like if if that's true um and i didn't know anything at the time if it's true that um that women are having to wear kids and men's boots which may in my own athletic career i've never experienced then there is a huge opportunity in that and to be perfectly honest as we've gone um the number one question we get asked is like what's to stop nike or adidas um from crushing you and your dreams <laughs> uh, but the more we've dug into it the more we've just sort of uncovered these like huge systemic barriers um, in design in, and you know we've collected so many horror stories along the way about um how athletes have been treated by bigger you know sponsors and um and so it just made us all the more determined that you know if we live in a world that's designed for men and boys, well, let's do something to change that ourselves. Um, and the worst case scenario is maybe one of the bigger guys comes and crushes us. But if they do, they need to make something pretty good, and that's a that's a win, right, for women's sport. If there's you know female specific cleats everywhere, that that's the dream.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you're the if you are as a company, the Kickstarter for giant companies to wake up and realize that they've got to start pouring research and development and time and energy into actually making something specific for women and girls well you know if you don't end up being one of those big companies you know if you don't turn into a joma we'll say i don't know you know what's what's the difference if if you're able to, to kick off the change i guess for you that that that's the win anyways right because everything you've done up to this point yeah. it has to already feel like a victory.
1: Honestly, it, it does um, in lots of ways. I mean, we're, we're not finished, right? Like we've got so much to do and you, whenever you get into a startup, it feels like you're putting out one fire after another, you know, just like, but, but it was interesting. Cause I actually recently looked over a, a pitch we did like about three years ago, actually. Um, and it, was remarkably kind of consistent in what's changed now, I think, is the evidence base for what what we've done and what we can point to. But we were very, yeah, like conscious of the worst, if, you know, that being the worst case scenario. Like um, we, you know, we've talked about failure from the, from the beginning and what that might look like. Um, but it, the bit that feels really good, honestly, um, is just the way the players have reacted to it. Um, you know, the thing keeping me up after those, you know, when I'm looking at our first production run it was like, how, how are players going to react to this? Because, you know, we've we've talked to physical therapists and podiatrists and coaches and 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 the player, like so many of the players themselves to understand what's wrong. Can we deliver something that like actually, you know, nothing's ever going to be perfect, but like, does it really capture the essence of what we're trying to do here? And honestly, like just to see the way um, players, parents, you know, the way they talk about, we had a parent the other day say, my daughter just moves differently in your shoes. And so when you hear that, you go, well, this, that makes it worth it. To, to hear, a, we had a player uh, message me the other day as well that said, I've had an, an injury-free preseason that's never happened to me in, in my career. And... She's like, I'm convinced it's the shoes, you know. So, we obviously can't attribute that kind of. Um, <laughs> we can't be going around saying that our our shoes will reduce injury, but we've seen, um, from a like biomechanics perspective, that the the talk that goes through our shoes is is less, um, and players are telling us they just feel really comfortable and they feel like they're tailor made and all that stuff just feels amazing to see it out there and gives us a really strong evidence base on which to build.
0: Well, and this is something that you mentioned, you, you sort of touched on this when you said, uh, in doing all the research, you heard horror stories about a lot of the things that were going on with the way the shoes are designed for the, the all the other shoes, right? And I coach you 13, like 13, 14, 15 year old boys and girls. So I'm seeing shoe changes happen because their feet are growing so quickly and what i've also noticed is how many wear shoes they don't that don't fit them where it's obvious like mom or dad went and bought a pair of shoes that's two sizes too big so you'll grow into it or you know they've got small ones that they haven't gotten replaced or you can just tell they've bought really like the cheapest thing they can get that just you can see it's just their feet are bulging out at different sides My. My girlfriend, my partner, she is a a body worker, massage therapist, and movement specialist. She's a Pilates instructor as well. And she works with some players on movement. And one of the things she talks about all the time, she has them take their shoes off and actually stand barefoot. And then afterwards, you know, do some work and then put their shoes back on and see if they can still feel those points. And most of them revert to an either out outside on the edges or inside and so and that ruins everything going all the way up right if your feet are unstable it's your ankles are the wrong way that that then points to your joints and your knees to your hips and then if your hips are all messed up well that sends a message all the way through your back so i would not be surprised at all if your shoes do reduce injury risk because i mean and and like like you said you can't exactly go and say that but uh it's like no. the additive free cigarette companies saying that they have a safer cigarette. They can't quite say that, right?
1: It's, um, I think the key thing though, what what I can say is like that is top of mind for us is, you know, both our conversations with clinicians um, and in terms of where, where, what we want to be able to say five years in the future. So if you look at the process through which we designed this, it was just talking to yeah, hundreds of players, coaches, physical therapists, and saying, tell us what comes up. Like, tell us about what you see happening in your clinics and what's wrong and what's wrong with the industry and, like, you know, what frustrates you. Um, and then designing backwards from there. So, you know, it's anecdotal um, at scale, but, like, the the plan for the future is, yeah, how do you build the evidence like in a more scientific way. And to be honest, that's the really exciting bit is we're creating the sports science now with like academic partners around, well, okay, I know that you like you can't clinically say that, or you, you know, but let's how do we design a study that is more scientific? How, how do we be more objective? Um and like, you know, the, the truth is, is with I'm sure you'd have seen this coaching um those players, but the even the way you talked about hip alignment like that's one of the the big differences right it's like women have wider hips so they pressure load differently so you need to make a cleat that like reflects how women pressure load and um i think if you compare the before and after um and actually laura was a guinea pig we're like great you know if, if if something happens to laura well it's it's you know we, we we don't want that to happen, but at least we're not going to get sued because she because like a prototype's gone wrong or something. So one of the huge sort of uh, moments in uh, for us as a company was we we created the, 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 the prototype of the cleat. She went and played two matches in them uh, on artificial turf, like the sort of three G stuff, which can be pretty rough on on people anyway. And she woke up the next day and she said. This is weird. This is the first time after a game of soccer that my feet don't hurt, um, and that's never happened to me in my life. So we were like, "Well, there's something. There's something to this." Um, and and really, you know, we can talk about the more serious injuries that that women are more at risk of, but fundamentally, there's just a whole bunch of things like that are really basic that are just like about these. These differences between men's and women's feet that we've known for decades. And so when you see people with blisters and black toes and like, you know, um, rubbing and, you know, pain because clubs, there's no support or whatever it might be, we're just like, well, let's fix that first. And then we can, we can get bigger and bigger in our thinking. But as I say, so far, the reaction's been been awesome, but you know, there's a lot to do, and we're we're really determined to see this, see this through now.
0: I, I think it's great. And it's funny, you mentioned the Giants earlier, I, uh, I just wanted to throw this little anecdote out there. Because it is interesting, when I was growing up, I, I used to see all different brands of shoes. And in the fall, I had to cover another coach. And so I had 30, 30 kids on the field. And so I decided said, we're going to split you guys into two teams, we're going to play an 11 v 11 game, I'll let you know when we sub. And I was like, how am I going to split them up? And I looked down at their shoes and immediately said, Adidas over here, Nike over here. I had no outliers, <clears throat> you know, and, and um, it just was, it was kind of a moment where I was taken a little bit of back and I was like, I, the other thing is I know the way that these companies are, are making a lot of the gear now, so much of it, except the top line, it's just not very good at all. And most of the newer boots that I've bought, I have bought fall apart in no time. So I've been sort of reverting back to older styles and, and um, because I find that they also don't hurt my feet as much. I found that I actually started having a problem right on the outside of my right sort of pinky toe. And it was because the f- shoes I had were basically just crushing, crushing my foot. And it's amazing. It's, and, and you know that if young people, if kids are playing through this, and they are, All the time, and I I can tell girls tend to wait for it to turn into an actual issue to talk about it. Is what I found. The boys will be like, I have a blister, I need to sit out for a second. I don't hear that as much with the girls. What I end up hearing is, My ankle's been bothering me for a month.
1: (laughs) That sounds that sounds about right. It's and and this is you know the message that we want to give as well is where you know where we've started is trying to provide an option that, that doesn't otherwise exist. That's that's where we've started. But, you know, at the same time, like what we're really about is is saying to players, we like we want to educate you about the things that we've learned about issues that people have with their shoes and why it's so important for you to just find something that works for you. So, you know, there are plenty of female players that like, you know, they, they find a Nike shoe that fits really well and they feel comfortable run with that like you know and so I think it's important for us like we we don't we don't want to get too sort of like worked up into what the competition's doing or um you know all we the thing that I think that we've changed which I think is really resonating is like to for female players you are not an afterthought to us you are our sole focus and like you know, we're a, we're a young company. We've grown a lot in spite of all the challenges of this crazy sort of last 18 months. And, yeah. you know, weren't expecting a global shutdown of sport in the business plan, I can tell you. <laughs> um, but, like, we're here for you, you know? And, and if you want to come on the journey with us, we want to, you know, I think you and I were talking offline about the Women's World Cup. That's a big tournament for us that we're targeting. It's just we we want to get to the point where like we've got as you know players from every country um that's the goal just in our shoes and and in our shoes because they work best for them you know that's that's the real the real goal for us so yeah so much so much to think about and and talk about but yeah it's it's the main thing what it comes back to is it is so important at a young age that you really think about your feet and and how they feel um and you know because that makes a difference we we often see players you know in their 20s that are like i wish i would thought about this sooner or i wish i'd gotten you know cleats that actually fit me properly because and i didn't just buy because of the color or you know um you know some marketing gimmick it's like it, it is really important so that is a, a positive message for us to get out there i think
0: well and <clears throat> the message has definitely made it I, f- first of all just to highlight the shoes because there's the spirit which is the indoor and then there's the classica, right, which is the outdoor. Yeah, um, I I like them both. I think that, I think they're really sweet. The the spirit really it sort of reminds me of the sendas, um, another re- really nice looking indoor shoe. And the thing is, I've seen these in person. I've seen these boots in person because when I first found out about this company, uh, I just read an article, I think maybe on ESPN or something, and I just like, well, this is great. I mean, I coach girls teams, I know this is an issue. So I sent out an email to the, you know, 30 families or so. And within a week, two girls had these shoes on their feet. And so I was like, well, this is this is cool. Like, and one of them since has outgrown them in in over eight in just around eight months. And yeah, she she grew a lot. So but I, I just thought it was, you know, so interesting. And then just a few months ago, I noticed, oh, these are on soccer.com as well. Like, you know, are basically the, the mega store online in the U S and I mean, it, it goes to show that this is happening and it's happening quickly and it's happening, you know, it, it's almost like you're, you're riding that wave. That's that that's coming that I've talked about quite a few times. One thing I did want to ask cause look, you on more of an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial level, I think something's funny here. I, I read in your bios, so you're an ex-cricketer. You were you played semi-professional cricket. And yeah. you and, and Laura both studied entrepreneur entrepreneurship and in, in university, she did physics. So it how does this collate into shoes and apparel, really? Because those are interesting skill sets. What what do you guys really bring?
1: That's a that's a really fantastic question, actually. Um, and I think we it's funny Laura and I often talk about the like she loves using the metaphor all the time around football and um football as a metaphor for our business and like that we used to when we played soccer together we were both kind of strikers right and we loved sort of teeing each other up and and assisting each other to to score goals and stuff and I think yeah if you look at our skill sets Laura um you know the upside of a physics degree and there is plenty is she's got a very analytical mind um and so she you know you look at the first the first prototype that we did laura literally baked the outsole in her kitchen um you know proper like just this thing we called it the franken chew um and we we took it actually on the second that second world record in in jordan and, and showed a bunch of players and Got a lot of really valuable feedback, but they fell apart in two weeks. by design, you know, like they. Um, but just to see, like, could we could we make a could we make a shoe? I think yeah. Laura brings that kind of deep analytical brain. She she loves digging into the design process and figuring that kind of stuff. She's also really strong on the on the numbers side of things too. For so myself, I did an arts degree, so like you know English and history and um, and. I think, you know, I just love getting out there and talking to the players um, and and understanding their needs. And um, so it's it's a nice sort of uh, sort of combo. I think the, the thing that we both do quite well is ask for help. Like we've you look I look around often at the team that we've got now and, and you know experts in in footwear and you know some really amazing clinicians that have just bought into what we're doing and um, that know far more about this than than what we do. Um, but just, yeah, just to see how we've really tried to stay authentic. We've really uh, tried to stay really pure to what we're trying to do here and people have rallied around that. Um, So I think we we make a good team in that way. that We often joke that what we do is we start off by doing something so badly that somebody who actually knows how to do it comes in and goes, that's adorable leave that alone i'm gonna fix like issue and make it properly like properly good so that's that's kind of how we how we operate well and that sounds like
0: there's also the skill of being able to recruit but also attract the right people to work with because uh, i mean I, I think doing what you're doing it's uh you're not cobblers right you're not a son and daughter of a cobbler right uh, this is not no. baked into your DNA. This is not baked into your life history. So what you are doing, uh, you are stepping into a new area and taking uh, the amalgam of skills you have, putting them together and creating something brand new. And I I read a book uh, by a guy called David Epstein and it's called uh, Range. And it's uh, the how generalists thrive in a specialized world and so it's a bunch of stories of either well-known people or people who we don't really know that much about who basically became masters of something based on not really having much training in it at all but learning how to use a bunch of different skills and and knowledge and being able to put it together in the right way and so this is, that's why this is cool, right? It's, there's something about what you've created that in a way this leads into sort of one of the questions I had was, is Ida sort of turning into something that's no longer just an apparel shoe company? Is it turning into an organism of its own in a way?
1: Yeah, I think that's a, that's, I've, I wrote that book down. So I'm like, that sounds yeah, like I do. a book down, but 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 um, the, the, you're absolutely spot on in that, not coming from a footwear background, I think was a real advantage for us because it, we would question everything. And sometimes, you know, we might look silly because we're asking a question so basic, you know, in of a manufacturer or of, of a cobbler, say. Um, but, but it allows you to truly get to grips with, okay, what, like, I have no preconceived ideas about how this world operates. So I'm just going to question everything and then try and view where do I think the innovation can happen as a result of that so um but yeah in in terms of the second part of your question you know what what is Ida becoming in terms of an an organism yeah I think it's there there are a lot of things that excite us about the future I I just I'm, I'm as fervent a believer today as I was at the beginning about the transformative nature of if we actually like put women in the driver's seat like if you know I, like it's so you're right it's not just about the shoe it's like well, what honestly without wanting to sound too like grandiose it's like well if we actually remove these barriers from women and girls what would that what does keeping women in sport longer look, like look like 10 years down the road um you know laura is somebody who has stayed in sport become a really inspirational leader um, now and you know what does that next generation look like if they don't have to deal with a few of these barriers that have been put in front of them that that's really the ethos that drives the company but equally that's true of like all sorts of all sorts of people at the moment that aren't catered to you know there are there's no such thing as like a you know, a West African soccer shoe and their feet are different. You know, it's like, there's no such thing as a Pacific Islander rugby boot. Um, so there is a lot of opportunity. And then we haven't even talked about other sports, of course, as well, like that just have similar issues. And it'll be really interesting to see how the, um, the spirits received actually, um, that indoor shoe, not just by indoor soccer players, but by, you know, badminton players, volleyball, it's all top of mind with the Olympics going on at the moment. So,
0: yeah. And that must be really interesting. You, you talk about the Olympics being a good place to, I mean, I'm sure if, if it had been an open Olympics where you, where people could go, would you have gone and and made, made a real plow at trying to, to showcase the shoes and and everything else?
1: Yeah, for sure. That was, that was definitely the plan. Um, You know, we, we looked at Tokyo 2020 (laughs) as you know, as it's still called, but not accurately named. Um, the Yeah, it, would, it was definitely a target for us. Um, you know, the great thing about football is there's there's always, you know, another major tournament on the horizon, like Euros next year is, is definitely on the radar for us. Um, you know, I think, yeah, what it maps back to is, it's why it's such a pleasure to come on podcasts like this, is we just, you know, we, what we've realized now is we've got a product that works. It is available at soccer.com and, and Dick Sporting Goods as well um, for people to, to try them out. But I'm I'm just so determined to, to have this conversation more often um, and, and in bigger and bigger spaces if we if we can because yeah, it's I, I really value the the work that we're doing. And I just I, I, you know I just encourage people to really think about, you know, what works for them. Um, you know and just like what are some of the barriers that we're putting in the in the way of our women and girls and and how can I as a man like be you know instrumental in a change and an ally in that change as well that's that's th- these are the sorts of conversations we're looking to have um, a lot so
0: well and and that's that's actually one of the things I I, I think is so important to write the overall message uh, that Ida is all about equality opportunity and really trying to provide that for girls in sport to also forge their own path i think that that's one of the cool things about this is it's not so much um here's some opportunity that you can take and just have it's you know or a product you can take and just have it's here's also an idea for how the future can look uh that that's super powerful and i think for the players that I coach 13 through 15 years old, it it, it does set uh, a real precedent, right? It's, it's, it's a, it, it reinforces the message and the overall ethos of the company. And so I've, I've talked about what I call the women's football title wave, which is, I think it's just because I paid attention since I was young. I, I think uh, when I was, uh, I think it was 1995, I had a game tape someone taped a game of the women's national team playing against china in the third place game of the world cup in 95 and i remember this game very well still i think I, I when i was young i watched tapes of games even if i'd seen it 20 times i was watching it like a movie so i remember very well uh this game where mia Hamm scored an amazing goal and that team was really inspiring and then there was the women's world cup that came just four years later and it was in our backyard and it was you could feel how much everyone was into it. And over time that just hasn't quieted down. And then there's more and more things that come up like, you know, Dina Robbins story, right. All the things she's done, her, her world records that she's gone and set, you know, what Laura went and decided to do. And now what your company is, is doing, it's just, it's gotta be making people think, well, now, and that momentum, that friction, for you this is this is big because in in a couple years there's the world cup coming to your backyard this is closer than tokyo as an opportunity um i guess in what way do you want to throw the women's football party right and how how do you want to be a part of that as ida in, in your own country
1: yeah it's it's interesting too because if you look at our logo um we we call it the ida wave right and and the, often people ask us you know how was that logo created and there's a shout out to alberto um talagon who who did the did our logo and he basically he sat in a room with laura and i and, and listened to us talk about all sorts of things that are, have that are come up and there was the so if you look at our look closely it's um at our logo there's it's kind of got the mountain to represent that first you know the guinness world record where we've come from and and we talked a lot about that idea of a, a wave of change that we're seeing happening in, in women's football. Um, so that's built in, literally built into every shoe, right, is this is to keep us thinking about that and, and how we do want to be a part of this. And, 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 and you're absolutely right. I see all over the world now, like, so many smart people that believe in what needs to happen and are working actively towards that, and I'm I'm so glad you mentioned Dina. She's she's a dear friend of ours. Sent me a text the other day because she just got her um, indoor shoes from from us, and she was she was like, "Oh my god, I'm in love with them," which is like such a big deal to me to get that kind of message. Um, but yeah, in terms of like how we want to sort of be a part of it and showcase it, I think that tournament represents. Um, a huge opportunity to raise the profile of women's football. Um, it's a huge opportunity for us to, you know, there'll be one of the things that was great about France um, and being a part of France in 2019 was just all the stuff going on around the games as well. You know, you have all these people that descend on this place. It's a really jovial kind of atmosphere. Um, it's exciting. Like that, we were at the um, USA, England, you know, semi. There was like sixty thousand people there, and it's yeah, it's just such an opportunity for us to just talk about what we do, where we're going with it. Um, we, you know, to listen as well to really deeply listen to players and their own experiences and um, what they think needs to happen, and and reflect on that. So there, there's so much opportunity, but I think ultimately, you know, Australia is a great place to to have a tournament like this. I really hope. And I'm sure we will put on a show and, you know, just have the sorts of activations that made, you know, France special, but hopefully we can do a little bit better as well. I'm, I'm excited to see how big we can make it. Cause it's, it's, it's being talked about a lot here already, which is, which is great. It's a good sign.
0: Well, that's actually huge. Cause I was in France. My, my mother's from France. So I took the opportunity to just go see family and <clears throat> go see some games. I saw the USA France quarterfinal I was in in the stadium for that packed house in the Parc des Princes, which is crazy. I mean, that's, you know, for for a women's game, I was like, this is just awesome, you know, incredible. And saw the USA Spain uh, around a 16 match as well. But what was interesting in that match was in a town north of Paris called Reims. It's not a very big city. And it was incredible. There were people who we saw and talked to And we said we're here for the World Cup, the Women's World Cup. And there were some people were like, oh, is that why there's some of that stuff in the train station? And there were quite a few people in their own city didn't know. And it's not a big city. And so I think if people are already talking about it, that's a huge leg up on where the French were, because I think it was put out in the circles, but it wasn't put out to everybody. And it's look one thing I know about Aussies, you're probably... As passionate about your sports as uh, people in the U.S., so this is this is going to be this will definitely be something that it'll be a big event for sure. I'm I've fully planned to be there. We we were talking about that a little bit off air. There is actually something I noticed on your site. I have no idea what this means, and I would love for you to explain it to me what's shrink it, pink it.
1: <laughs> so yeah that that phrase just kept coming up as we were researching the shoe, like one of the truly shocking things, and we talk about it a lot, that it was such an open secret in, um, in the footwear industry that we don't design for women, that, that the industry had a nice phrase for it, which is they take men's shoes and they shrink it and pink it. Um, and, you know, one, there's so many validation points along the way, but that was truly one where we're like, wow, you know, how like if the expectation is all we need to do is make something pink, that is so jarring with like the research that we we did. So as an example, we we ran this like big survey and we had an, an additional comments box, you know, that was like we didn't expect anybody to fill it out. But hey, if you've got anything else you want to say, go ahead. About like almost 30%, I think, of people went went out of their way to say please don't make this pink <laughs> you know like whatever you do don't make it pink now i personally don't have a problem with pink but i just found that very interesting that for a lot of female players they were just sick and tired of this like, oh, it's it's i think about what pink represents you know like oh yeah like you're a girl so you must you must love pink and lots of female footballers don't so noted hence why our first shoe was black because there was a lot of love for black <laughs> so uh, and, and there's also a lot of love for white. So that's on the way, but that's, um, yeah, it, that phrase represents a lot. I think for us,
0: that's, that's excellent. It, it, what a great way to put it too, because, and it made me think while, while you're saying that, I was like, okay, I, I'm pretty sure that I have two or three boys with pink cleats and I have 16 or 17 of them. And I coach two girls teams and I'm pretty sure I don't have a single pink cleat on that side. So yeah. Says something maybe. I mean, yeah, I I think it's, I think it's a great call. You guys went black, called it classic, you know, straight from the start. And, um, and you know, I think there's something really, really intriguing there that you've asked questions, right? You're not afraid to be wrong. This is one thing that, like you said, it helps you not be shoe, experts going into something like this and to go in with open minds as entrepreneurs, you know, the stories that I've heard of people who have succeeded a lot of the time, this is the story. And so I, I wanted to ask for two pieces for advice for two groups of people. The first one is other entrepreneurs who are, would like to be involved in things that are more for women, more designed for girls, more designed, especially, for not necessarily just sporting equipment, but things that actually help real life issues—your your your body and your health and everything. So, first for that person, and then I guess I'll, I'll ask you the, the next piece of advice for the next one.
1: Yeah, I look it, before I came to Ida, um, I you know after I did my business degree, I was just determined to work for organizations that, that were doing something good for the world, you know? And that, that can be a very personal thing um, for, for everyone. But I, I just, I think there's such, it, what inspires me about the next generation coming up is they're really conscious about this stuff, whether it's, you know, working for organizations like centered around health or around the environment or whatever it might be. I think my advice, actually counterintuitively, my first piece of advice would be, don't quit your day job until until you need to. That would be my first piece of advice. But the second thing would just be, yeah, get curious. And like, you know, if there's a space that really interests you, just, just go be around and and ask lots of dumb questions and just get, get interested in that. Um, because it's amazing how just we've seen, and, and from what I've seen personally, both inside and outside of IDA, just doing that, being curious, asking questions, the opportunities kind of present themselves from there. So I would just be, find people that, you know, that you find inspiring, hang around them, ask questions. Like they will give you the time of day. We, we wouldn't be where we are and, you know, we do have a long way to go, but we genuinely wouldn't be where we are if it wasn't for the generosity of people far more qualified to talk about this stuff you know sitting down having a coffee with us and just believing in our potential so yeah we're always trying to do that as well identify future leaders and and work with them and um you know give our time because lots of people have been generous to us so that's that's the first one all right (laughs) who's number who's the second group of people i need to like
0: well the second one is us right we're males who are allies to the cause um I think that there's a huge space for you know people like us to be involved. I think a lot of people also don't know what the best way to approach getting involved in sort of a, a woman's issue is. And I, obviously, over the years we've heard of things like men designing brasiers, makes no sense, right? But aiding in the process of building an idea in a company that that and supporting a cause, even if it's for a women's shoe and women's feet, that is something that people can do. And, you know, I think it's 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 a really cool thing. You're the co-founder, as a male, you're a co-founder of this company, and not many people would assume that you would be the person in that position and that maybe Laura would have said, yes, you're the person I want along for this ride or something. So what advice do you have for guys out there that are on board and also want to help?
1: I, I think that's a that's such a, a smart question it's and I reckon I could answer that for hours, but I think really what it comes down to is um what what I've seen that's really helpful i think is just the ability to really listen right like uh and and not make assumptions about somebody's experience um and also just to you know I, I often find people are really scared to like say the wrong thing or or you know um you know that they're gonna get something wrong and then they disengage and i i think that's not helpful either i think what's important is to just often as men we can really react quite defensively um uh and and say well well, you know i didn't i didn't mean like that so you know the problem doesn't exist or whatever um i think for me the most important thing is just really asking questions um being open and, and listening to the answers and then um and reflecting on that, like, you know, what is if that's, if that person's having that experience, well, what does that mean for me? How could I, for example, um, be more inclusive in the way I conduct meetings or something? Like if, if, if I've heard from a number of my female colleagues that they feel a bit intimidated to, to speak up because of the dynamics of a group, then maybe what I can do as somebody that has more license to talk in those spaces is to direct some attention that way and say, you know, Hey Steph, what do you think about this? Because we'd love to hear from you. Like there's, these are small things, but really important. I think they, they add up and um, yeah, I, I just say like, be, be open, be curious and, and, and really listen. But I've had that directed my way too as well, quite a lot. There's, you know, there's often spaces where i walk in and people are like who's this bearded guy trying to tell us like about our bodies and, and what might be best for them and i think what really has resonated with the athletes is just where we've come from and, and why we're trying to do what we do and it's just like but ultimately it's on you what how you how you receive this whether you like it whether you don't like it um, but just know that we're here and we're we're committed to yeah to walking alongside you as as men um and and you know just challenging our own assumptions i think it's just a healthy thing to do across the board is to just think about, you know, what privileges do I hold as a person? How can I make it a bit other for people that maybe don't share those privileges Um, and just do the best you can. You're not always gonna get it right, but it's better to be in the game, trying to make the change than disengaging altogether because you're too scared to to say the wrong thing. I think that's great advice. Deep question though, that
0: is, that's a, well. It's, you know, I mean, it's, it's the world you live in and I think it's an interesting one. It's, it's one that I, some, there, there are people probably live in the same world who, you know, have similar experience and, and some, and similar advice. So I, I think it's great to impart that before we go, cause I know you've got to take off and get on another call soon. Um, I just want to give you just take up, say whatever you want about Ida sports Give yourself a minute or two to just say whatever you feel about it.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's I feel putting me on the spot. But I but what I would say is um yeah, it's like to, to those listening, it it'd be great. Obviously, we we exist at idasports.com. Um just check out, read a read a bit about our story if you want to know more. You can find us at Instagram as well, um, at IdaSports um on Instagram. Really, you know, I, I hope for those that have that have listened to this that they they've really understood the authenticity of what we're trying to do, and and they hopefully respect and want to support that. You can also get in touch with us to support at idasports.co. And really, what you know, all I'd say about ida, you know, we've spent you know we're three and a half years in now. We've got a cleat that's available um, right now. We you know we're working on. Um, the indoor shoes have become available as well recently. Um, but just help us, you know, take it to the next stage. Like, we, we love talking to players. We love hearing from players. We love sharing, you know, amazing stories from women's soccer. So if you, if you have any of those and, and you want us to shout about them, that's what we're here for. Um, and otherwise, you know, if there's stuff you think we should be doing, get in touch. We just we love to listen and, and hear things. So that I think that's all I want to say about it. It's just, you know, we're here. We're here to stay. You know, we're working on version two. We're excited to release that to the world. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's nice to be a part of these conversations.
0: Well, th- thank you so much because this I wrote down Ida Sports and I and and I was like I wrote down Laura's name obviously because she's sort of the one that just kind of came up first. I was like I really want to talk to these people because I, I I love what's going on here. And so thank you so much for for giving me the time to. To be able to hear all this, and I, I think being able to talk to anyone from this Equal Playing Field initiative, I think anyone who's interested, this is a really good place to go and look into. Where there's a whole lot of people making stuff happen, it's a, it's a, it's like an oasis of uh, new ideas, basically.
1: Yeah, I, I think that group, um, really, you know, the the sorts of women that I've met, um, and, and men that have been a part of that initiative in particular, it, it, it's. It's phenomenal what they're doing. Maggie Murphy is a name that comes to mind, you know, um, general manager of the Lewis Football Club that they pay their men and women equally, like they're real leaders in this space. So if you're interested in equality in football, yeah, Equal Playing Field Initiative is an inclusive, amazing group of people that just are about what what it seems like we're about here. So, um, yeah, it's such a pleasure to have been a part of the podcast and to, and to hear you know the way you're telling stories it it means a lot so thanks for having me it's it's been awesome
0: well and anything i can do i'll believe me it's the the season has just begun so all my players are going to be soon getting the ida boots message so who knows hopefully somewhere in your uh accounts you see oh we're making some sales in colorado that's nice you know hopefully i can help with that in any tiny way
1: (laughs) i would love to get back um, to, to denver one day it's it's uh yeah, the beautiful part of the world. So yes, please make it a point. If they're all buying clothes, then I have to come, right? So yep. Uh, yep, that's awesome. Well, thanks so
0: much, Ben. I really appreciate it, and uh, I'll let you get off to your to your next meeting because you're you're a busy man right now. Starting a company, you know, you it's it's a new ba- it's a baby, so you got to go take care of it and uh, make sure it turns into a big person that changes the world, basically.
1: Awesome. Thanks, mate. I really appreciate your time.